0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Film Aspect, the podcast where a couple of Scottish lads get into all aspects of film. I'm Aaron, and he's
1: Brian Davidson.
0: <laughs> oh, he went for the two <laughs> names this time as well. <laughs> Thinks he's the hard man. I know, running the show here. Um, so in today's episode, we're going to be discussing David Fincher's new Netflix film Mank, which I'm sure Brian is absolutely buzzing to get into
1: as he yawns. <laughs> <laughs> Very buzzing, I am. Um, um, I mean, uh I'm in two minds, I'm in two uh, minds we'll, we'll surely get into it
0: So as always, we appreciate every listen that the show gets And if you want to help us prosper in the podcasting space Then you can support us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts Following us on Twitter at the film Aspect, And slash or, but preferably and Spreading the word of how gosh darn fun we are
1: to listen to Wouldn't you agree? I'd, I'd say so, this is the only thing I listen to <laughs> the only po- no be- not, <laughs> not a podcast thing. I've <laughs> I've given up music. I've given up people. This is the only thing I listen to. <laughs> Just on repeat.
0: Just the comfort of hearing your own voice. Yeah. That's <laughs> I I mute it
1: when you start talking.
0: Uh well, it's uh, uh it's it's a good one. So um everyone should uh, yeah do the things <laughs> yeah. that I said, I suppose, aye? I
1: good <laughs> sell. I'm going to do it now.
0: Yes. Um, but before we get into Mank, uh, time to lo- take a look at the world of the film. And as per usual, with the way that we record this, because we always record it a few days before the actual episode comes out. And last week I was talking about the likelihood of Godzilla versus Kong going straight to on-demand services. But in actuality, Warner Brothers dropped the bombshell that literally... Their entire 2021 release slate is going to HBO Max at the same time, on the same day as their respective cinema releases. Yeah, just before we get into it, I have to point out, this is America only, it seems. Yeah. But it does have massive implications down the line. What, what did you think of this? I was like, I couldn't... I honestly thought it was fake when I first saw it.
1: Uh, I, for one of the the... Few times in the last couple of years, I completely agree with what Christopher Nolan's saying. I think it's, <laughs> I honestly think it's 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 disgusting. Uh, I I just can't believe it. I don't see how I don't see how they put you know Pandora back in the box after this. Because mm-hmm. I just I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, because like the the main kind of theme between everybody's reaction to this is, as soon as it's online, it's free. The amount of people who are gonna illegally down the, load this and illegally stream it after somebody rips it from hbo max is ridiculous as i would say it's hardly even worth putting it on those streaming services mm-hmm. because i mean they don't care about that because hbo max are, are time one or whoever owns the, the parent company I've, I've already bought it from themselves yeah, so paid like yeah a bank. Mm-hmm. but i don't i don't i don't agree with the hbo max thing i, I think it should have been um, Netflix or Prime or someone because apparently there are I can't remember the films but there are they're threatening with lawsuits I think it is Godzilla vs Kong and um, oh yeah because film. I actually
0: saw that I'm not sure that a lot of the studios the people that actually made the film knew that yeah, this was legendary
1: happen. legendary have two titles and I'm sure it's Godzilla vs Kong and something else something else big but they they they're saying that you know they weren't informed and they put up seventy five percent of the the budget to make the film so it's uh yeah lawsuits incoming I think to get movies only in cinemas which is I, I still I still think they should have just went along with their scheduled releases because honestly I mean I was kind of on the fence about Wonder Woman 1984 I think it's it's a tired concept with the whole 80s nostalgia and and that was back when it was supposed to be released who nobody's talking about Black Widow anymore nobody cares mm-hmm. Very mm. few people care about Wonder Woman I, I think by the time um, uh, Bond comes out, No Time To Die A quarter of the people Are going to care, half of them maybe unless, yeah, they announce, uh, unless they announce Daniel Craig's coming back that's the, I think that's the only trick they have up their sleeves To get people interested in this film But it's just It's that, hard
0: to like restart the, the hype train For yeah. something like that, especially since it was We were literally like weeks away When, when it first got delayed um, so it was like really stalling the whole marketing thing and and you're right you know like Black there was a point where I would have been semi-interested in Black Widow but now it's like I actually forgot about it until you mentioned it there and I think it's kind of the the, the same for a lot of these movies um, I know for one like I w- you know how I was saying a, a few months ago like how hyped up I was for June. Yeah, and now I'm just kind of like, oh, well, I'm not like I know I'm going to be excited when it comes around to the time, but now it's just kind of like, oh, well, it's died. That that moment has passed now. Yeah, that um, was
1: that was the other title that had there the were implications behind just putting mm-hmm. this HBO Max on Twitter. it was that, and it was Godzilla vs Kong where, that like, you know, there's going to be because apparently they fucking paid uh, Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins ten million dollars each to say it was good to like to bump up the whole HBO Max thing. That that came out on the on the dirt sheets the other day. Um, really? but yeah, ten million dollars. There you go. See, uh, see, it's a good idea. And then plastered all over Instagram and Twitter. And it's like, "Oh, we're so happy to bring this Did, film to you." Did Patty
0: Jenkins also say like a while ago, a while ago that like Wonder Woman is coming out on on in cinemas? Like, it's a film for cinemas. I'm almost yeah. sure she said that a few a wee bit ago when it was being questioned whether it would come out on uh, um online services. Do you think? It does seem a little weird and I don't know if this is just to k- kind of like see how it goes but the fact that it's only America that they're doing this. Yeah. Because we I wasn't sure. I thought maybe for a while that our equivalent to HBO Max was Now TV but it actually I don't it doesn't seem to be the case. It's just HBO Max is a thing available in America but that's that's that. But obviously with the use of like VPN stuff I suppose you could actually just yeah. go around and, and use that now. Um but I'd assume it's a surplus charge. Yeah, well Like be. you have HBO Max but you're still having to pay thirty pounds or whatever or twenty.
1: No, no, or no, no, no. It's just it's it's just straight on the streaming service. Oh really? Yeah. But it's like fifteen dollars or something. I think it's double the price or, or like the Prime on price, Yeah, I think uh, I think it's one of the more expensive ones. That's what people are saying. That's what like Christopher Nolan was saying it's the worst one because it's the mo the most expensive with the smallest library.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: uh, i i I'm I suppose assume... this is
0: just a major pla it's 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 almost like they're trying to jump start this, you know, like it's really hard to launch a streaming site now without the, the, the big library, you know. Like Disney Plus, I don't I still don't think I think Disney Plus struggles next to, you know, places like Netflix and Amazon. But the thing is they've just they've got a library there that people do like. So that's gonna help. You know, they've got decades worth of stuff that people will want to watch. Whereas like HBO Max there's obviously there's going to be stuff there that they have but it, it, isn't that immediately recognizable like oh i know what kind of films i'm getting f- for my money there so then to do this and just be like here's our promise everything's going to come out at one time that will there'll be a huge surge in the sales still i think because i think a lot of people will go for this
1: yeah i'd say yeah. so I, i'd definitely um, say so
0: and i suppose in a way it does like it it does give people that choice between like, if you really want to see it in the cinema, you can if possible, whereas like, um, and, and like if you want to watch it at home. So, it's it is it's like having those two markets, but I think more people would just watch it at home, especially like if they're if any kind of, you know, like COVID conscious, they're just going to be like, well, it's not really worth going to the cinema. Um, but also just, I kind of, I don't know, I feel like it's a missed opportunity as well, not doing it in the UK. Just because, especially with the way things are here, you know, they're still talking about like, oh, Wonder Woman, yeah, it's coming out at the end of December. Mate, the fucking cinemas are open. <laughs> yeah. How am I, how am, I, how am I, 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 like, we can't see that. We won't be able to see that film at the cinemas, even though we're just moving down a tier. The day that this comes out, we're moving down another tier, but that doesn't mean cinemas still aren't open. Yeah. And I, you know, I really, really can't imagine them being open, and, open for a, a good wee while yet. Um, so i'm surprised and i think i'd be interested to see though with this whole development with if some of the places didn't know what was happening um but yeah we'll just need to we'll need to see i don't know if i wonder though if they'll consider continue it in 2022 because you'd kind of hope that 2022 would be back to some kind of like normality but this is major like fuck it energy you know just like <laughs> Oh okay, yeah, can Yeah. enough of these delays, enough we'll just we'll date on both at the same time. Um so the other bit of news, right, and I know we've kinda talked about this, we've said about rumours and all this, but it seems to be really kicking off that Alfred Molina, Molina, is officially confirmed, I think, to yeah. be like back for Spidey 3 as Doc Ock. And there's now almost like the there's the reports that Toby Maguire Kirsten Dunst and Andrew Garfield will all be back as well how are they affording this how expensive is this movie <laughs> going to be because this is going to be this will be insanely expensive if you're hitting you know Tom Holland he'll be he'll be taking a fair chunk of this these days and then if you get Andrew Garfield repri- repri- he, I can imagine him being a, a, a tad cheaper than Tobey Maguire but like you know to be re- reprise these roles yeah. and roles that made especially like Tobey Maguire he is that's kind of like his role that you think of. I, I would say anyway. So like to bring them back for this, it's going to cost an absolute bomb.
1: So- I think the way they, the I don't know. I don't know if it'll be that expensive because I think Tom Holland will already have been paid for this. I think they line them up and give them a mm. big chunk at the beginning in a contract, and then he'll get some off the back end. So his 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 um, salary doesn't come from the budget. I think that's how they work. I'm sure I'm almost certain that's how they did Robert Downey Jr's contract and mm. um, he gets paid and like kind of installments from the one pot outside of the uh, um do do
0: you think that they're going to be it's going to be like so there was basically there was rumors going about though that Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro you've got um Alfred Molina coming back for Doc Ock you've got uh now Vulture is a pair like a, a character in tom holland's spider-man universe as well as mysterio so the people basically thinking that it's going to be like a sinister six type deal with like all of the all of the villains from spider-man history but then the three Sp- spider-men working together to 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 take See, them out as well
1: i don't think that's what it's going to be what do you think i think there's good it is i think it's going to lead into that the doctor strange I know this. This tidies up what Doctor Strange does, doesn't it? I think Doctor Strange opens the the quote unquote multiverse of madness, and then Spider Man kind of fixes it. And it might be the other way around. I think it's going to jump in. I think they're going to be nothing more than cameo roles. I think we're going to jump into the these films. They'll, they'll shoot like them go as the universe. Yeah, and I think he'll drop in there for you know five minutes, and they'll do an action scene and do some like banter back and forward, and then he'll jump to another universe. And I think that's how they'll play it.
0: I think that's a possibility, but I also feel like, especially with The Amazing Spider-Man, they aren't like they aren't distinctly different enough p- between films, I don't think, for you to be like, you know, you jump into Tobey Maguire's version and it's like, oh, now we're in the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man universe and now we're in the uh, Andrew Garfield. So, I, I, I think that, I would be disappointed, I think I'll enjoy it, but I think, Feel like I'd be disappointed if that's uh, if that's where they went, but logically I think that makes sense. Money wise, I think that makes sense because if you're making it where it's actually like Tom Holland. Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield are like the ma- the three yeah. leads of this movie. Then that's like that's There's a whole different. No game.
1: way that happens. There's no way Disney sell out their their Golden Goose and Tom Holland for him to play you mm-hmm. know second fiddle to one of these two other Spider-Mans, He's the man. It's going to be glor- uh, glorified cameos from everybody else because Doc Ock uh, and Electro are dead in those those universes. Yeah. So it, uh-huh. ha- it has to be at the time those films were set. So it's going to be jumping around. I'm all, uh, that's where I put my money. It'll be jumping around in the the time mm-hmm. frame. And those movies when they when they're set, I'm
0: I'm very excited for it, but I also wish I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> and I know yeah. I just I realise now that if you're listening, you'll probably be thinking the same, like damn those fools for mentioning it in this, but. <laughs> You know, you can, <laughs> if you're talking to news, you can't ignore it. Um, but yeah, this this would have been a. I know I'm probably gonna freak out when I whenever the trailer comes out, but this is shaping up to be like almost like the movie I'm most interested to see that, that like down the line kind of thing. Because um, I just I'm curious to see how they go with it. Um, but I, I I think it's I think it will be massive. I think this will be like one of the biggest films. The MCU has done outside of an Avengers film. I think I, I think you'll be talking crazy money because you're talking twenty years of Spider Man fans from all different you know films coming into this one movie. Yeah. So that that will be big. That will well, be huge.
1: Yeah. Well, to stick on the MCU for a, another wee second, apparently there was rumors that Thor four is going to be like an Avengers level movie. So they're mm. going to be bringing in loads and loads of characters. So I don't know if this is just the way forward for the for Marvel because they've got so many properties. Like they need yeah, which I don't think. I mean, I'm not a fan of, of Thor Ragnarok to begin with, but I don't think it's the way forward for the, the character. I think it's just it's just kind of like a movie fan service now. The, the, mm. All right, cool. Thor's funny, so he's a comedic character now, and that's the way we go. Um, mm. oh, cool. Everybody wants to see Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire back, so yeah, cool. That's the way we go. They're, just, they're, mm-hmm. they're playing it as safe as they possibly can to get as many people to see the film and I think while that's good to an extent, I think that kind of tightens the noose and the whole creativity aspect of it because there's only certain things you can do now
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's that's yeah. where I sit on it because I've I'm, I think I've said this before but I've got little to no interest in watching any of the, the MCU films anymore now I just, I just don't, I just mm-hmm. don't care so
0: see i think that the way that they're doing it like it, it's it's a constant kind of cycle of building it up to these bigger bigger versions and especially i think they need their avengers level stuff they now, because now it's like well what what is the whole time you know the whole time we've been watching mcu movies it's been build up to avengers build up to age of ultron build up to infinity war we always knew that we were heading towards something and now it's kind of like well what's actually what's going to happen and we don't have that kind of big movie in sight so I think they need these smaller ones. But I also think that they'll do that, a mix between, Oh, here you have these grand big ones with all the characters and it's crazy and it's amazing or whatever and then you have the smaller, more intimate movies. So then people go, Oh, it's a you know, it's a breath of fresh air to be dialing things back again, then build it back up to the, the big Avengers level one and then back down again. I think that's just how they'll be approaching it. So it it imitates like like they're doing new stuff all the time, but they're just doing a kind of cycle of uh, so we're not just getting the same thing non-stop but we're just getting it in staggered amounts yeah so that that's that's my off the cuff <laughs> <laughs> take um but yeah was there anything else that you saw this week
1: no no, no i don't I'm, think so
0: they, they'd be some biggies this week anyway um so we're talking about mank david fincher's new movie written by jack fincher who, is that his, like, relative? It's his dad. she's dad? Yeah. Oof. So, it's, um, it's, let's see, what's this about? It's the tale of Herman Mankiewicz uh, as he writes the now classic Citizen Kane and it's full of, like, the flashbacks recounting the various influences from characters to set and found within in the film of Citizen Kane. So, on Twitter, I, I ran a wee poll at the film Aspect. You know, give us a follow. Asking if people were excited for us, sixty percent said, "Nah, we're good." (laughs) And I got to say that I was on. I was in that camp as well. I'm a, I'm a big Fincher fan. I've mentioned that a million times, but this was the first time since even from the moment they announced, you know, they were releasing screenshots and saying what it was about. I just was like, "Mm, "This isn't what I want to see from a Fincher movie." Just because, like, you know, I like his mystery films. I like how dark they are and stuff and then you know it's just like oh it's going to be old Hollywood and then also when I started the movie I saw it was a 12 as well I was like no! I just, <laughs> I, just wasn't, I wasn't happy about that stuff but before we get right into anything big question here your, your, your credibility's on the line. Is this film the film aspect
1: or the film respect? Is the film aspect? laughter because I I I, w- I would never have seen this film if you didn't know why an episode for it. I had zero, mm. like, no even uh, an inkling to watch this film whatsoever. Didn't care about it. So, mm. uh, it's your fault that I've watched this film. <laughs> <laughs> I, Brian did come up many
0: times and be like, I, I'm not looking forward to this. I don't want to watch it. And I'm like, aye, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, I am so... See, this is this is where I like our rating system, just because I don't want there to be a middle ground because it's too neutral. But I feel like if there was, it would be there. But for that reason, I'm going for the film aspect, just because. Yeah, like it didn't. I didn't like it enough to be like recommend or watch again or anything like that. Um. So, yeah, like I don't know what to what to feel immediately though. Because, I've said before as well about some of the Fincher films, like, I have, it has a potential of, like, my opinion changing on it, because, like, when I watched The Social Network, it done nothing for me in my first viewing. I watched together With A Dragon Tattoo, I actively disliked that movie, and now I, I think they some of the best films of the last, you know, like, ten years. So, my opinion does change on some of his movies, but also... As it stands, I think it's on that lower echelon of Fincher's filmography. Like it has to be. Like you, if if I was told to just, you have to watch all of his. I feel like it would just in the 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 area. How excited I'd be his, that would be the that'd be a pretty low one. If not, if not at the bottom, because I'm sure I'd even I'd pick Alien Three over this. Like I I I think there's enjoyment to be had out of that. Um. So like I don't know what. Why didn't you?
1: Well, I've I, I realised watching this film that I'm just not a David Fincher fan at all, and that mm-hmm. I don't know how relevant that is because there was, I didn't see any Fincherisms at all in this mm-hmm. film. It didn't feel; it just felt like any old person made it. So that was that was. I don't know how to feel about that because, like I said, I don't I don't particularly like David Fincher, but it was I don't know. It was just slow. It was the issue i have with it more than anything is i feel it caters to a very particular person who watches film it caters to the, the film theorists and analysts and reviewers and all the people who think you know are the people who love the smell of their own farts when they're talking about film (laughs) and uh, are the people who who see themselves as part of that elusive club oh we're film theorists so we enjoy this in a deeper level I feel like it caters to those (laughs) see the people that think they're they're more intelligent or they appreciate film more than the average moviegoer it caters Mm. to them Um, and oh you didn't like it you just don't understand it that's Mm. the people who it caters to and I fucking hate them and uh, th- that—that—and that's probably why it drags it down so much, because he's actively made a film that him and all his filmmaker buddies can go, "Oh, look at the film we made! Oh, that's that's influenced by this film and the next. Very well done. Let's everybody give ourselves a pat in the back for making a film like this." And that's the only reason he's made it. And that—that that is why. As soon as I saw that, as soon as I saw the opening credits, as soon as I heard the pretentious, self-indulgent flick. Of the film feeding through the reel As soon as I heard the way he's mixed the vocals With the old time, you know, style of Uh, of Delivery, as soon as I heard all that self-indulgent He's fucking digital grain I was like, you're a pretentious Wanker, I am not here (laughs) For this film
0: No, I gotta say I think I do, I agree with you Because it is that That kind of Old timey, it's almost like For me, this is is maybe piss you off But it's kind of like saturday night live humor but like not humor it's it's movie film references stuff. yeah because they're like whipping it with names and the state of movies and all this and i'm just like me i don't know who the fuck you're talking about i don't know <laughs> i don't know enough about this either to get this and that's why it's like if you're steeped in that old hollywood culture now it makes a lot more sense saying that it's the dad that 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 wrote this movie not necessarily saying that the guy was fucking working back then or anything like <laughs> that, because obviously he must, he must have only been a young, a young chap, but um, it makes more sense to me now, because it's like, it is that kind of, oh, I see, like, I've seen a lot of videos saying it's not a love letter to, to old Hollywood, it's like a, oh, it's a, a deconstruction or something like that, but yeah, just, I've, I've also said this many times, when it comes to film-based movies. Like movies that are centered around the filmmaking industry and all that it, it really can go either way for me and there was parts of it that i just didn't i didn't like the whole like oh we're just the crew and we're making you know we're doing bits but we're supposed to be making up scripts so then we're going to come up with it on a whim at this meeting and we're going to be taking the cigars and everything there's just the boys club and all that i hated that <laughs> stuff it made me cringe so much yeah um and but yeah, I don't, I don't think this is for an kind of average audience because there's there's bits of like character struggle. You get the old Hollywood style, the performances, but I think the enjoyment that you get out of this movie is almost purely through the the references, especially towards obviously being towards Citizen Kane, because uh, I just I just felt like I struggled to 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 notice the. The comparison, the things that they were talking about with Citizen Kane. And I uh, struggle to know who was who and all this when they go on, you know, it, it's not just like their names, it's also their nicknames. So then they're referring to them as their nicknames. And that might have been a wee thing that I missed earlier. And I'm just like, who the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> who are we talking about? And it just ruins the whole scene. And I didn't, there was a lot of the, the Kane stuff that I didn't quite pick up on. Just And that is me. I've watched Citizen Kane two days before watching this movie. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, right, so this is, you know, this is supposed to be Xanadu. And then when they said, oh, this is supposed to be that character, and I was like, which one was that? Alright, oh, okay, maybe it's this guy, because he just had the specs. I was kind of like, I'm assuming that's the person from the movie that he's talking about. um, But, uh, yeah, it was a little too, as someone that's not, like, I I got to say, I don't like Citizen Kane. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's a good movie. I think before you get your, yeah, Fucking pitchforks it. I think, and I think this movie does highlight it in some way, and it makes it slightly better for me in that regard. It does highlight the, the, the fact that this was like a movie coming out of the silent era into the talkies era, and for that, it is complicated. Like, it does have a bit more of a complicated structure. But as I say a million times before, you put an old movie next to a new movie, technically, And structurally, a lot of the time, the new movie is going to be better if you take out all of the pretentious nostalgia elements out of why people love old movies. And I just personally think, watching that movie, the mystery, the Rosebud mystery, I don't give a fuck what Rosebud means. And I don't, nothing anyone's saying really interests me. And it literally is like, I forgot, I'd seen it before, but I forgot about what the deal was with Rosebud. And when he threw the, the sled into the, the fire and you see and it's like, oh, that's Rosebuck. I was like, ah, oh, so it's his sled for when he was a, a kid. Cool. <laughs> like, so that's a waste of time for me. I just, I'm just, I just don't get it. I just, I did not enjoy it. I actually was struggling to stay engaged with it. Um, and then in that regard to see Mank as a modern movie. I was more engaged with this movie than I ever was with Citizen Kane because I actually, I knew I was, you know, I've been really tight for time this week and I was looking at it and I saw it was a two hour and ten movie and I didn't have the space in a single night to watch it so I sat down during my dinner, I was like, I'll watch half an hour and I'll come back to it and then, you know, next thing it'd been an hour and 40 minutes before I had to go and, and do something else. So it, it grabbed me enough that I just sat down and I watched it for a lot of it and people will be thinking, that's crazy that this guy's talking about not holding his attention to just watch an entire movie when he its a fucking film podcast (laughs) but like you know it just it 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 done enough i suppose to just you know when i didn't intend to sit down and watch for a while to then be an hour and 40 minutes down the line and then be like oh right i need to go like that that was i'll give it props for that so like what, what did you like about it
1: I liked, uh, and I've, I've I've forgotten to look up his, his actual name. I thought Charles' dance was really fucking good as uh, mm-hmm. William Randolph House. I thought I I thought he was, and he struggles to do this, but he was very un-Charles dance, and I really liked that about him. Uh, I thought he was great. I thought he was he, he brought his usual intensity, but in a completely different manner. And the guy that played uh, uh, Mayor, um, I can I can not for the life of me remember his real name. I thought he was really good. I thought he was really convincing. Mm-hmm. Um. That's pretty much it.
0: Oh, so you're not hitting out with uh, a Gary Oldman?
1: I thought Gary Oldman overacted all over the place. I thought he was hammy. I did not think he was a convincing drunk in the slightest. I thought he was playing a drunk after listening to somebody describe how somebody else acted when they were drunk. It uh, was a fourth-hand drunk and I did not believe it and I, th- I thought I just and I don't think that's his fault. I really don't. I think ah uh, i did
0: not that's entirely that's entirely direction that's yeah. that's entirely like because the way i saw it and i'd agree with you if you put that in a different kind of film i would have been like yeah this is this is too much but i think within this movie the the way that they had you know the style the old hollywood thing like i think that was the angle they were going for to be this very you know when I had these shots of like him lying in bed and then it goes over and the bottles in his hand and it slips down into the floor obviously I think those bits were also supposed to be references to like yeah, thingy holding the, 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 the snow globe but like uh, I think it fits but I get what you mean when you're saying it, it. it's hammed up but yeah I don't think that was him I think that was yeah you know See, he's being told how to act
1: that is, it is direction and it is the style that we're going for for this film but he's the only one at that level and that's where mm. it becomes jarring for me because see if he had another character who was as over the top as that I'd be mm. like oh right cool that's that's just what they're trying to play it as there's a stylized view and how people acted back then but see because it's just him and they've got this whole mystique about him as if he was this you know world-renowned screenwriter who, who just didn't get credit but I, I think as far as it goes he was pretty much a bang average writer, and <laughs> like, and that that's because uh, I, I, I did some research on him, and he had some hits, and he had some stuff, and there was a lot of uncredited things. But I think after his death, people were it's a bit like the whole uh, or again nostalgia factor of building something up to greater than it was. But in the mm. heat of the moment, it was it was just another one of the guys who um, uh, Austin Wells really liked his work, so he, he commissioned him to write Kane with him. Mm. And I I think there's this whole mystique about him because he's just, especially in and I know this is jumping right to the end of the movie at the scene where he's calling everybody out at the dinner party and then he, mm. he vomits I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He is a, a dime a dozen writer he wouldn't even get into that house why is he calling out studio heads and you know, newspaper tycoons as soon as he opened his mouth it would have been like get him out of here. So I feel <laughs> as if it's, it's building this whole thing up about this guy who i think they have the movies portrayed him to be better than he was
0: making it out like he had more uh leverage than he ever did yeah for a lot of bits especially when he was when he was saying to orson welles like that he wants more uh he wants the credit and then he was saying oh well if you uh, if you do this you're like blah blah blah, you'll never write again and he's like ah please like like nah, that's never gonna happen. I was like, Well isn't the whole thing that he is actually the, the work is drying up and that's why he's picked this movie. Yeah. Um But also, right, see before I forget about it, see with the sound design in this, I quite often found myself putting the subtitles on. <laughs> just because of the way that it sounded and the way that they were talking. And obviously they're talking quite fast and I love it and just just in the odd scene, I was like, oh, I had to rewind it a wee bit because I, like, I didn't quite pick that up and because it was such a reliance on who's who, like I was saying, I was struggling with that, I was like, I need to, I, no, I need to go back, I need to hear that. It's the kind of miss a sentence, you don't know what the whole scene's about. Um, I, I, I hate it when a movie, I feel like that's a failing in screenwriting. If you have a movie that, that constantly has you, that's kind of clipping at your heels for for you to keep up mentally with what's going on, I don't think it's that bad. That sounds like an over exaggeration, but there's the elements of that. Because I, I I mentioned um way back when oh you actually went in this episode, but when I was talking about Tenet, like that was the issue I had with that because it's you constant you're like sitting here going like, Jesus Christ man, this movie I I just I can't actually fucking enjoy the movie because I need to be concentrating on what's happening in the movie to know what to to then try and enjoy it. But that's just a whole cycle where you never get anything good out of it. So, there was, there, was, there was bits like that, what I would have liked to have seen more of, I would have liked to have, it, to have more of a reliance on the him with his broken leg in the hut writing. I wanted more of, because those, to be honest, for me, were the best bits in the movie. Like just seeing him, I wanted to, to focus more on like what, how he'd got into this, this, you know, him dealing with the fact that he is kind of like washed up by this point like there's a whole turmoil of like the studios going and you know maybe they're moving to where was it like florida or something like that you know all of these little things i wanted it to 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 focus on that and be his kind of psychology like right i this is my chance i need to write this i need the money he's got his thing with his family's reputation and all that but it just kept going back to points that i just it felt like a almost like a greatest hits version of like or oh, so now we're going to go back to this party, and that party is going to show the inspiration for the palace in Citizen Kane. Or oh, now we're going to go back to this bit, and it's going to show how he came up with that point of the script. Um, and I just, as someone that doesn't care about Citizen Kane, that's, it wasn't really that entertaining. <laughs> However, and I hate, I hate the fact that I'm kind of dependent for this. I feel like if I was a really big fan of Citizen Kane, I would have enjoyed it way, way more. If I was like, knew that movie inside out and I'm like, oh man, that's that thing. And they're talking about this and I knew about all these things. I think if you're right in there, it, it, it's a good movie for you. But as I kind of, like I said, it's not for the average audience. I think... Citizen Kane's pretty average I'm not I don't really care about old Hollywood then I'm just going to watch it shrug my shoulders for a lot of it um but yeah i am I'm, I'm rattling through some some <laughs> points here yeah, I literally I said I didn't have that many notes. I'm finished my notes so I'm freeballing <laughs> it from here on out
1: <laughs> yeah so. the, I think one of um I don't really have to anything to pick up on what you're saying I knew you were only gonna, I knew you didn't like citizen Kane, I knew you were only going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd, I'm I'd, completely on the opposite side of the spectrum I think I'd said this before we went on I don't think you need to see Citizen Kane whatsoever to watch this movie, see if you just forget about the fact that it is based on an actual film and say right cool this is a fictional story I mean it is, but this is not a biopic and just watch it mm-hmm. and you'd be like alright cool I, I can follow this, that's fine and mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to to not have seen, to seen Kane because I, I adore Citizen Kane I'm, I'm a huge fan of it and um it it did nothing for me. I had, I had no nostalgia to the film. Mm. I, had, I had nothing because even though they tried to kind of like mimic the shots and stuff, I'm like, try to mimic shots from a guy who thought this out of thin air in 1940, 1941. Mm. Why? And that's I I just I don't get it to to make. I, I hated the fact that he shot it like it was... Like they were making the movie in the 30s. You know, with the backwards projection and the the framing and the whole... The monologue shots where it just zooms in and somebody speaks. And <sighs> I, I didn't like that at all because... You shot it as if... Like I said, as if we were shooting this in the 30s. But we're not shooting this in the 30s. It's 2020. Shoot mm-hmm. it like a contemporary piece. And then that would have had me more engaged to to have... A modern kind of showcase of classic Hollywood. That's mm. that is as much as I hate it. That's what La, La Land did. I mean, I know it's set in <laughs> it's, it's, it's set in the kind of the modern age, but it's based off of old Hollywood. So that that is the the perfect kind of balance there. Whereas mm. Mank, and I, I uh, and first when I first saw it, I was like, I hate this altogether. I hate the fact that he shot it on his, you know, his 8K red cameras, I can't remember the model name, and then put that stupid digital grain over the tap. I hate that he put the markers on the right-hand side so that's when the projectionist knows to switch the reels. I'm like, mate, everybody's watching this on Netflix. No physical (laughs) copy of this film exists. Uh, So I hate I thought all of that was very student filmmaker is that something that's, I was
0: just about to say that's the kind of reference stuff you would put in when you're in when you're in college and be like oh yes look at this <laughs> I'm being all referential
1: yes I, I don't understand I think my first note that I've written there is I have written is i do not understand why this film's in black and white I just don't get it you know
0: I hadn't even thought about it like if it was a colour movie and if it was shot more modern because like I, I that is something I love David Fincher's, I don't know who the guy is that does his cinematography, but I love the style of cinematography across his films, like Social Network and Gone Girl and all this kind of stuff. So, like, I think, yeah, I think there could have been a bit more of a a thing if I, if it was, if it was shot in colour and it was shot more modern, because when I see old timey Hollywood style cinematography, black and white, I roll my eyes immediately. I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, man. There's like a certain pretentiousness that comes with a lot of black and white movies. And when it just, when, just when it does that, I'm immediately about 10% less interested. So I wonder if, if they, yeah, like if they framed it differently, wrote it more like a,
1: because it's all supposed to be like a folk, th- that yeah. style, like of, of screenwriting and everything. So I had read, I don't know how true this is, but all the costumes and whatnot were you know grey, diff- like shades of grey to, to purposely shoot it in black and white to make them stand out more which I think is taking it from that point of view is very noticeable because I think the costumes in earlier films you know pre-colour or uh, shot back in the 30s 40s 50s mm-hmm. they're more natural and one of the, the, the biggest things that Austin Wells himself said stuck with me through this film and he said uh, you, can, you can hide so much. In a colour movie, you can hide, you can distract people with, you know, effects, you can distract them with costume, with pretty colours, but in a black and white film, you are dependent on your actor's ability to draw the audience in. It's completely on the performance. And that is where Mank for me falls because I could see everybody. Performing nothing's natural, nothing is engaging, and that's that's a big massive gaping hole that I don't think they've taken into consideration. Because you're not your eye isn't distracted by anything else; you're completely on what you're supposed to be looking at on screen. And if it's not engaging, like I was, I'm I'm bored. See if you like this film didn't engage me, so I was bored. And that's Mm -hmm. I think that's his. I think he should should have shot it in color because I'm uh, I think it was the same guy he used for Mind Hunter. I mean Main looks amazing. Yeah. So I don't I don't uh, see I don't see I don't I just don't get it. I don't get it.
0: I think I think with the performances as well beyond Gary Oldman's you're right, like it is it's not natural. It's that style. And I just I just don't like that. No. Nah. <laughs> I feel like I, I came into this being like a bit more positive And I, I've just really sitting down and properly thinking about it because I only finished it last night. And I was actually a little scared coming into this episode just for the fact that when I finished it, I was kind of like, aye. You know, <laughs> that was a movie. And that, that worries me when it comes to what I will talk about with a film because so often, you know, if I hate a movie, I'll talk about it for five hours. If I love a movie, I'll talk about it for five hours. If I think a movie's all right, then I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know like, what are my opinion's on it because I just felt everything was so like, uh And I think it's just, a lot of it is so much a preference. I don't like the style, I don't like the acting, I didn't care for the subject matter and I think if you're the kind of person that just likes those, you're interested in the time period, you're interested in that movie, you like that style, then, then yeah, that's good. I think a lot of the busier scenes with, like, you know, it's a whole gang, they're all talking and stuff, although they made me, a lot of those kind of bits made me cringe, I feel like it does kind of rumble along enough that, that that's what I'm saying. I was an hour and 40 minutes into it when I only intended to watch an hour and a half. So, like, there's, there's those bits that I liked enough, but, yeah, it just it just didn't, if if I'm looking at this subject and I'm going, oh, it's all about Herman Mankiewicz being stuck in a cabin, having to write the script for Citizen Kane and he's only got 60 days, you know, like, that's, I was actually kind of, it it hooked me quite quickly with the you know, when it was like you've got ninety days to watch this, and then it's just like he just cut off a month, it's down to sixty days. And I was like, right, I'm I'm interested in this, like burrowing down. See if this movie was like almost entirely just just set in the the, the, the hut, the, the wee house. Yeah. That is more interesting to me. I think it was just what I came to this movie, like what I wanted. And even though it's not entirely what I expected, it's just like that's what I want I want for a movie like this to be able to enjoy it. But it just it doesn't it doesn't go for that. Um and yeah, it definitely was like in a lineup of, of Fincher's movies. It was uh, and I actually think I said this a few weeks ago where it's kind of like when Leo DiCaprio picks a shit-looking movie, and you're like, man, I'm really excited for what you do, but why would you have to pick this? <laughs> and for David Fincher, you know, you say, David Fincher's making a new movie. I'm like, yes! And then he goes, ah, it's about this. And I'm like, why? Why do you have to do that? Make another, you know, do another uh, another murder mystery or something, or even just like another based and true, oh, I suppose this is supposed to be, but... <sighs> I... Yeah, I, I that's a, that's a bit. I mean, I, honestly, like I'm fine. I'm fine, kind of being done with that. Do you have other things you want to say? I
1: do. I've got other things I didn't like about it, and we've kinda, okay. kind of, kind of, kind of like kind of touched on them. And I, I think, well, the the what I'm gonna say is like on the whole setup of the stuff. I just feel I have to hammer in the point that I I think it was very like wordy and it was very well rehearsed see for i'm mm-hmm. always in the back of my mind i'm like watching this thinking this is a biopic i'm expecting a certain level of realism mm-hmm. see when you walk in to a perfectly blocked perfect rehearsed scene i'm like mm-hmm. this is not this, this isn't the real life you're, you're, you're selling mm-hmm. this to me as if it's real life as if this is how these guys talked. but it plays more like a stage play but that is why I prefer, and to get into the, the evolution of film here a wee bit, that is why I I enjoy films from, from that era, not because I think they're amazing films, some of them yes, some of them no. but you can see it as a natural progression of performance when it comes to the actors, because a lot of these actors, everybody in Citizen Kane came from Mercury Theatre Productions, so they did stage, they did radio, they were, you know, I don't know if they were vaudevillian, but it was very, I, I kind of, performance centred you know we're on stage we block this we rehearse we speak a certain way and that transition to film and then from their performances in film people saw that and it, ev- it evolved to what we have today see to go back and then try and do that is just so jarring like a film like this because had you been making a, a shot for shot or had you been putting scenes from Kane in and you got them to speak like that and got them block the scenes like that yes that would be natural because that's what you're trying to recreate that but to try and throw that as if it's real life, when I don't think that's how anybody spoke at all, whatsoever, in the thirties. <laughs> you you see, so you're, you're playing, you're presenting theater actors essentially as mm. real life, and, and their performances in the theater as real life, and that's what I took away from the performances, and that's what I don't like. I don't like how they've taken the kind of the natural evolution and went, "Yep, everybody was spoke like that in movies, so that's how everybody talked, so that's how they talk in my film," and that yeah. was, that was, I just. That sucked me so much, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there was uh, I, I um, uh, I, I didn't. Even, I did. I don't know if I've said this already because of, of uh, I'm speaking very passionately, but I did not care in the slightest about any one of these characters. No, didn't care about yeah. the story. Didn't. I didn't understand half of their fucking relationships. I I just didn't care. The whole oh, we have to cut. Uh, fifty percent of your salaries for eight weeks, or, or however much it was, like, I don't care. It's a room full of strangers. <laughs> you know? Fire them off for all I here? I just yeah. it was things like that. And again, one of the things
0: I was wondering was the the poor Seda thing. I don't know if I just kind of missed that, but like, why was it just poor
1: because she was married to Herman? I th- I think so. I've got no idea. <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea and that was one of the things maybe it was a reference to something and maybe because uh, I saw that I can't remember the name of the wee girl's name but I think that's who it was supposed to be with the, the lollipop and, and when she's like I'm with you Mr Mayor at the in that scene with the curly hair I can't remember her name but she's a very famous child star back in the, the 30s and 40s all the thirties. All oh, right, okay. Um, right.
0: I, I was just thinking. for a second I was like, "Mate, there's no chance she's still alive." <laughs> <laughs> I realized that you, you were getting no. Out the there.
1: wee girl. And I'll, I don't know. I can't. Every, I think you know who I'm talking about. She was in loads of like wee cute, and she. I think she danced with Fred Astaire in those kind mate, of movies. Mate, Do we? Mate. <laughs> Do you think I know about who you're talking about? <laughs> oh, be, um... be
0: real for a second here. <laughs> um, one thing, actually. I took, uh, I was asking some of our devoted Twitter followers what they thought of this movie, what they wanted to ask about it. Um, Aaron Gibson sent one in, Longtime fan, asked if it was worth watching. Do you think it's worth no watching? No. No. Do you think there's a, a position, a perspective that it would be worth watching?
1: If your head is very far up your own ass, then yes, <laughs> watch it, you'll probably love it. Uh, <laughs> if you like to go on Twitter like, and say, "Well, you don't understand it because you don't get the reference of the 1930s cinema," and you like to be one of those people, then yes, mm. you will love it. But if- see, I, 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 think, I, I think if
0: it's if you like the old timey Hollywood films, you like to see that kind of topic, you like to give you, your fantasies and came. Then there's bits I think that you could enjoy out of it. Obviously, you you are the the potential. Uh, Exemption from that, but um, somebody I actually commented at at the Chris Watt, uh, commented saying that he thought it would divide people. He says much like Benjamin Button. Did you find that? I I, I enjoyed Benjamin Button.
1: I, I like Benjamin
0: Button. Yeah. Uh, um, but he he he, he kind of labelled it as one of his passion projects, where it's like it's nicely made, but it's he, he says it's oddly empty because his reasons for making it are so personal, causing a disconnect between the audience and the subject matter, and. I can get behind that because it does. When when I, f- I don't, I feel like I'm banging on about the old timey Hollywood thing an awful lot. But you know, it does feel to me like you know somebody, a pioneer of modern cinema, now being so interested in old cinema. But like you know, finally getting to go. Oh yes, right. We're getting to chew on some good subject matters here. Of like, I'm getting to make a movie from back then. It does feel like that. Um, it, so. As, yeah, as... I think, I think compared to his other works, it, it just it feels like that I'm a big enough director now that I can have a go at making this kind of film, whereas it's not, it doesn't feel like the story, a story that he's actually interested in, like he has been with his other works. And obviously, a lot of his works are actually just adaptations, you know, true story stuff, you know, Gone Girl and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo are back-to-back two book adaptations but like it's clearly from those movies stories that he cares about enough that it 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 does give you that connection and i think that is i can get that with this being like a disconnect because it just doesn't feel it just kind of feels like he wanted to set a movie in this time and this just happened to be the subject matter
1: yeah because i don't i I don't get anything from his films that that he's lifted specifically from films of this era. I see him mm. as as more of a a, a kind of a Scorsese guy who mm. who looks to films of the sixties and seventies. I Actually, just looked up his you know the top ten films of of David Fincher's directing style, and the earliest mm. one is I think fifty eight. So you know a whole almost twenty years after this kind of time of Hollywood set. So I, I think he's he's made it because of the the personal what relationship. Fifty eight, Like as like a his, film that he's he's drawn be,
0: inspiration from. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> that was me going on another one. Like, mate, he wasn't working in fifty eight. There's no chance.
1: But I think this is because he's he's obviously his dad wrote it. There's the the personal connection to that. But we've got to take into consideration on in the quality of the film. Nobody wanted to finance this. No, not a single studio. Netflix had to make it, and he's been trying to get this made since the nineties. And in that law, in that almost well, thirty years, three decades nobody's been interested in financing this film and mm. he, he's got to the point where he's such a big name where somebody will take a gamble on his name and i, I uh, honestly it, feel it, it, it was a like wrong choice well. mm. and I, I, I get made as much as i hate to say a bad thing about him. it get made for the same reason that irish got made is because it was martin scorsese directing yeah. joe Pesci and robert de niro not because the film was you know had to be told it was just it was it was name it was it was brand naming that got this film made and uh, mm. I think it shows I really do I don't think there's any there's no fincherisms about it like I've said I just don't think it's a film that needed to be told I think it's very dangerous on the the portrayal of or, or giving credit to who actually you know made Citizen Kane because I don't I don't think it's all that accurate in the kind of the whole man writing it by himself I think they've, they've distorted that a wee bit Because I think it was very much a, a Collaboration rather than just mm-hmm. a There you go man. write the screenplay and I'll tear it apart I think a lot of the, the subject matter In this film has been refuted and there's been Evidence to say otherwise Nobody actually, I don't think anybody really knows How it got made but I think this is one interpretation Of it that's not entirely Truthful Um, mm-hmm. Obviously you're going to take dramatic Liberties but I just there's there's things like that I just I don't get I don't like I didn't like the guy who is Orson Welles either I think he sounded a lot like him but I don't know if he saw my social media post and all I could think of was Sam Smith in a goatee that's what the guy looked like and it was so distracting and I, as soon as I saw that I was like nah all I can see is Sam Smith so, that's a movie poster
0: quote right there
1: <laughs> Mank Sam Smith and a goatee I know, and I hated, I hated that trailer shot, seeing when he's lying in his bed and the, the, the mix is all kind of reverby and, and dreamy, and he goes, Hank, it's Austin Wells." I'm like, there's no point, there's no reason for that scene to be here that's all he fucking says that was only there for people to say, alright, oh, awesome, oh, right, cool, there's the connection there. This guy's Austin mm. Wells. That and, uh, I hate, I hate scenes like that. I hate scenes that do nothing for the film <laughs> and they're just there for no reason other than to say, oh, Austin Wells has been my movie. I just, mm. uh, because I'm, I don't want to get into all that stuff because I'm a, I'm a big Austin Wells fan. Um, and I'll stop it there because that will lead into a rant, but I just, ah, <laughs> uh, nah, I'd, I'd, I, the more I think Charles dance, and I still haven't looked up the guy who played uh, Maya. I can't even remember his first name in the film. Uh, LB, <laughs> LB, LB, LB Maya. I'm assuming from MGM. Uh, mm-hmm. But nah, self indulgent and pretentious. That's that's my my but forward review of my- <laughs> So Yeah,
0: I've, I think I think I would. I'm inclined to agree. I think there's moments I liked of it. Uh, like I was saying, there's something about it. Every time that something is kind of critically acclaimed and I don't like it, it almost bugs me because it makes me feel in some ways that I'm wrong and I go, well, what was it that I didn't get about this movie that everyone else seems to? So that mindset many times has led me to go back to movies to the point that I do really like them. And But out of them all, I don't know. I don't know, like, I just, I just, the other ones I at least felt something a bit more, you know, the ones of his films that I didn't like to start, I at least felt a bit more strongly in some regards, or at least it made me feel emotions to a degree, but this didn't really, like, you know, when I finished it, I was just kind of like, I was waiting, and I was just sitting, well, I, I, like, I was just like I was just sitting for 40 minutes when I watched the final 40 minutes, and then it finished, and I was like, <sighs> right turn the telly off that's me done so yeah i don't um, what
1: do you think what do you think oscar wise what are your predictions for this i don't know i don't i don't know to be honest i think my prediction is it's gonna be the same film as the the hype film for the last few years it gets nominated tunnels but wins nothing it's gonna do the same as the irishman and do the same as joker and do the same as uh, whatever was the big film the year before that and whatnot. I think it's mm. going to be one of those. I don't think it wins for Direction. don't think any of the actors win. don't think the cinematography wins. I don't think any of the technical awards win for Sound Mixer and whatnot, because, yeah. Unless, unless it goes, oh, a film about Hollywood. We love Hollywood, you know? Oh, this is so good. Remember those times? Old white Aye. Jewish guy? <laughs> yes, other old white Jewish guy I remember this time. <laughs> Let's give... See? I, I
0: don't know, I don't know about award stuff. It, it, obviously though the, the fact that there's not really been that much out this year will really help its case. My problem though, see like when I when I watch at least when you see the awards and I might not agree with them all most of the time, but I at least will sit back and go I, I get why they would nominate that and and this one, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm also just i don't I don't quite see it the same as I have in other years you know and and i get the whole the, the old hollywood thing is as an angle but especially with the way that they're trying to to do the whole like you know diversity and and voting and stuff like that i feel like if there was if this was a normal year it would move, a lot of movies coming out i feel like it would it would be slimmer chances um and i don't think it's as like it's getting good reviews for a lot of places, but I don't think it's as, like, unanimously this is a good movie or anything like that. It also doesn't really have, like, the topic, you know, the, the big topic that, uh, you know, like, they're not dealing with, you know, homophobia or racism or, you know, abuse and all this kind of stuff. All these big hitting topics that lead to award-winning films. It doesn't have that, really. You know, like, what, what is it? What is it talking about? Like it deals with him, he's 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 got out he's you know, alcoholism. You've got oh, but then it's like well beyond that it's like oh Timey Hollywood and 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 Citizen Kane and that just to me, that doesn't that that isn't enough. But I know, you know, maybe that's why I'm knowing the panel of the, the <laughs> Academy. Maybe. maybe maybe that's why I don't get a say. Um but Mank it was it was it was sure a movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, I'll say that I don't know if I've said this on here as well I watched it twice I watched it my first viewing
0: What?
1: hated it watched it my second because I, I just can't go into this with it was shite that's not going to be enough. That's your, fav- your favourite <laughs> standpoint, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, that's not, I don't want to bring this because I want to articulate how much I don't like it and how and what exactly about it, it was I didn't like. So if somebody comes to me with an argument and says, well, this, that and this, and I'll say, well, no, actually, this, that and this. Well, well no, actually. <laughs> because I, I feel as if, as, as much as I talk about my love of rubbish films, I feel as if my taste can be quite pretentious. I don't think I talk <laughs> about it that much. Uh, I just, I don't know. Because I, I people will throw, that, oh, you don't get that. Or you don't get this time period or you don't understand the references. No, I do understand the references. I just don't like that you've put these references in this film. So, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: So Yeah. Aye. There's a lot of movies like that when it comes to, you know, and and I have been guilty of liking movies like that. Where i watch it in first time and you're just like uh base level entertainment it's not there and then you watch an, an analysis video and it's like oh yes but actually this is alluding to that and what you're actually talking about here is this and then then i go on board and i'm like oh man that's actually really cool and I, I i have movies like that where i do like it but it is a kind of pretentious style um so i we're, we're done with mank yeah i so a
1: <laughs> I'll i never shut up about film of the year. I swear to God, you will not hear the end of me if this wins Best Picture at the Oscars. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the end. That'll be the end of I me. I mean,
0: well, we can we can talk about it in a couple of weeks, probably yeah. when we're doing our kind of year roundup, but. What What is there for the, the lineup for Oscars so far? I mean, I suppose we're getting into what would be Oscar season now, yeah. Like the, when the movie starts to get released, and this is lining up well, pretty we've well with
1: that. Pushed it, the Oscars aren't until April this year, I think it's the ah, end, really? of, end of February that the cutoff is, so we've still got another three months pretty Oof, much. All right, okay, for movies. Um,
0: but that has us moving over to what we've been watching and what you've been watching beyond
1: Mank. I watched a god awful film called uh, I think it's called Welcome Welcome the Barbarians I believe uh, that's the, mm-hmm. the title of it it's um, Mark Ryland's Johnny Depp and the 2020 golden boy who can't not be in a film Robert Pattinson <laughs> 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 it's one of the worst thing, things I've ever watched personally it's mm-hmm. just I can't even remember where they are it's got Lawrence of Arabia feels um, somewhere out in the wilderness with, with "Quote unquote barbarians" in there, the the British Empire keeping order, and Mark Rylance is a kind of nice older, uh, like I, I don't know what his rank is in the, in the military, but he's he's the leader of this week in the campsite, this week fortress, and Johnny Depp comes to do an investigation. and starts torturing all of the kind of the native, um, people, and they go out and they you know break their feet and gouge at their eyes, and because they're they're interrogating them because they want to know where their tribes are, and Mark Rylands cause out to take somebody back because she's been her feet broken and whatnot, and he comes back and he gets battled as well. <laughs> <Her> feet broken. <laughs> Aye, it's, oh, it's it's pretty gruesome in some, but it's it's just it's another one of these films that is very pretentious and self-indulgent. There's hundreds of shots of him washing her feet and and just lying down and nothing happening. And I hate when somebody just sits in a scene and they hold the scene for like fifteen seconds and nothing happens in it. I'm like, mate, eh, going in kind of like. Push this story forward a wee bit. Mm. Um I thought it was just bad already. I like Mark Rylance as well. I think he's a really good actor. But Mark Rylance is the uh the BFG guy and the yeah. bunch of spies guy. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he's really good. I think he's very diverse, but and I think he was good in this, but everything else is just kinda shit. Uh obviously <laughs> I watched Mank. Uh I don't Tell know Tell if- us what you thought <laughs> about Mank. <laughs> 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 and uh, I watched to bring my moods back up I watched a big, a big old pretentious film of myself to take myself back to the 40s and that was uh, The Magnificent Ambersons which is Austin Welles' awesome follow up to Citizen Kane I love that film so much even though um, it's been it's widely known that as soon as, spoiler alert Major Amberson dies uh, it becomes the studio's film and not Austin Welles awesome because of studio interference but it's still, it's still a lovely, lovely film about the kind of the uh, an old dynasty kind of like falling and crumbling and then the new wave coming up because the guy's one of the first guys to invent the car and whatnot so it's that time of the turn of the century time Mm -hmm. but it's it's, i I love it i I managed to catch it at the gft a few years ago as well for the kind of Austin Will's 100th birthday celebrations and i just ah it's just such a good film it's just that's so that's me has to be making it up for for Slayton for Slayton Mank. Here's, here's a good, a good pretentious film to watch, the magnificent Ambersons. It's actually on the BBC iPlayer right now. That I was surprised to see that. Um because I searched mm-hmm. for it on Prime and it just said available on BBC iPlayer. BBC
0: iPlayer is quite surprising sometimes with some yeah. of the films they have. Yeah. Um That's it. That's what I've been watching. I watched no such pretentious films at all this <laughs> week. I finally finished uh, I finally finished Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which was that sketch where I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's hilarious. I love it. I thought it was just so stupid, but I just, I wouldn't, I'm sad. There's only six episodes that are 20 minutes long, so I was kind of sad that there wasn't more and I would quite happily watch more. But it is also so, such a weird sense of humour that like Matt, you know, Amelia, I was almost quite, I was quite devoted to try and be like, Here's how this show is funny. If you don't laugh at this, you just don't have a sense of humour. And she didn't laugh at any of them at all. <laughs> she actually actively disliked them. So I don't know if that's just me. I've just got a really weird sense of humour when it comes to things like that. But I think it's hilarious and you should watch it if you're into really, really wacky sketch comedy. Um, I then watched, since it became free on Disney+, Plus, I watched the live-action remake of Mulan. And it's boring, mate. It literally, like Mulan, time. the original Mulan is, I'm not I'm not a Disney princess guy, like I'm not, I never grew up in those movies, I don't have any kind of nostalgic connection and I've watched most of them in the last five years just because Amelia is so, so into them so like I'll watch them with her and Mulan, I've got to say the original Mulan was probably one of my favourites just because it had, you know, the inner, the inner guy in me, you know, it was like, oh, it's bits of war and all this kind of stuff and thematically it was just way more interesting you know to have like the the the, the man of the, the, the family has to go out but her father's not well enough so then she takes his place but it's like they can't grasp it in because like if she you know the whole the whole uh culture around like women and war and all this kind of stuff so on that aspect i was like that is actually really really interesting i i i liked it and i enjoyed just the kind of the disney flair around it as well so i liked it when they when they kind of go to somewhat serious or like you know i like it when you see a version where you're like i can imagine this being a drama there's a version of this being a drama. Yeah. Sadly though, this is technically the version of this being a drama. And it literally, quite like the Lion King, just takes out any heart of the movie. You know, uh, Mulan is all of a sudden born. Like she's got no, and I just felt she had no personality. I do not know who was who the, the actress was, but done nothing to make me ever, ever care for it. Obviously, is it Wushu? The name of the dragon? Wushu. And the, well that's not in it at all there's a, a, a phoenix that kind of follows her about and it's quite often just like well I don't think anyone else can actually see it action scenes are boring it looks nice because you got all those like <laughs> oh it's crispy 4k visuals and that but no this is an, a, a really really boring and it, it, just, it just continues that trend of like Disney are making worse versions of all of their good movies <laughs> so yeah not not worth not worth your time to be honest I really really don't think it was worth your time but then speaking of being worth your time I bought I finally bought some 4k blu-rays and one of the first to arrive was Godzilla King of the Monsters right which I'm sure when I've I've done a review on Letterboxd or maybe just a rating on Letterboxd back when it came out is this is a terrible movie but it's also just so much fun at the same time because it kind of uh you know i could talk about the first movie of godzilla quite a lot because i think it's very underrated i really really enjoy that movie the second one takes a lot of the feedback from the first one going oh well people didn't like it that you barely saw the monster so you're going to see the monster all the time and it's like just a lot of fights but those fights are fun and and you know I think I did, I maybe talked about this the other week where it's just like, but when he, you know, like when he goes full Godzilla modes, it's great. It brings a smile to your face. <laughs> I gotta say I didn't, it didn't have that like, oh man, this is 4K look as much as some other things I've watched have been. Um, and it is, it is so full of like that doesn't really make sense. Why would this character explain this? They should know about it. And, you know, someone giving their evil person speech and then here's some corresponding footage that, oh, I must have edited together well before I went to give my bad guy speech. So there's a lot of that and it does make sense. And it does the usual of, like, trying to make the humans matter when they really, really don't. But it's still, it's still fun. It's still stupid. You know, like Godzilla squaring off against King Ghidorah with all of the, you know, like the... The, um air force coming behind them all the jets flying around them at the same time going to fight the big dragon so like that's cool I like that <laughs> I'm going to enjoy <laughs> it <laughs> so that was um, those are my things that I watched this week uh, just to just to really dial it down because I was feeling all too pretentious I almost had my pinky sticking out when I was drinking <laughs> some tea uh, <laughs> so um, aye that's us thanks for listening we've been talking about Mank today uh, and how much we did or did not like mainly didn't like it and next week we're going to be back talking christmas movies because we're getting all in the christmas spirit we'll be t- running down our top five christmas films and we're going to try and keep it at five this time brian because last time i said five it came up yeah bit fucking but, fucking but suggestions
1: like four streaming services i could have like one film <laughs> off each streaming service i think that's a bit too much to ask <laughs> We'll try, so to, give, try gonna... to give people a range of things to watch you know, we'll try to try send them down a nice path uh,
0: <laughs>
1: so next week
0: we're going to be talking about our five best Christmas movies and our uh, humble opinions if you want to send in your suggestions for best Christmas movies then you can do so at the film aspect let us know what your favourite Christmas movies are and We'll tell you how good they are or how shite they are.
1: Yeah, see if anybody Um, anybody gets in touch with us at the film aspect and asks us, "Is Die Hard the Christmas movie?" You're getting blocked and banned for the podcast. (laughs) I was
0: actually, I'm not gonna lie. I was sitting here thinking, I wonder how good a joke it would be if on the day I go (laughs) and my next suggestion is Die Hard, and then just see your reaction, and then back Quite quickly before you exile me from
1: the show. I don't, I don't mind that people. Consider that a Christmas film. It's it's the, the topic, it's the tiresome argument. is well, well I'm a man and there's blood and shooting, so die had a Christmas film. No <laughs> oh, alright,
0: cool. I don't care. <laughs> I've got I've got a pick. I've got a pick that I, I don't know if you'll be expecting already. It's literally Ooh. my only pick I've got at this moment in time. <laughs> so um looking forward to already yeah so that'll be next week we're also back on Tuesday with the recasting couch and this week we decided to try a comedy because we've not really done those yet we're going to be recasting The Hangover which came out, what was that, like 2008 or something
1: 2009 I think it was
0: 2009, so um, yeah we're going to be recasting that movie recasting the roles of I forget all their names but it's It's Bradley Cooper Zach Galifianakis uh, and Ed Helms
1: Alan Stewart and whoever Bradley Cooper plays
0: yeah, aye (laughs) (laughs) so Yeah, join us then on Tuesday. Otherwise, we'll see you next week for our top five Christmas movies. See you later.
1: Goodbye.